0: Welcome to another episode of Downtime with the Cranston Public Library. We're a podcast for cool people who love libraries, where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. I'm your host, Taylor, and the branch librarian at the Oaklawn Branch Library, and my pronouns are she, her.
1: Hi, my name is Lucas Mann. I'm one of the co-owners of Riff Raff Bookstore and Bar in Providence, and my pronouns are he, him.
2: Hello, my name is Otavia DeLuca. I am the other uh, co-owner of Riffraff, and my pronouns are she, her. It's nice to see you or hear you.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you both for joining me. A little bit later in the show, we will talk all about Riffraff and both of yours' new adventure taking over its ownership. But before we get into that, let's start off as we always do with what have you been reading?
1: So we were talking a little bit before about how I think we maybe thought that owning a bookstore would mean that we would somehow be reading more. Um, and then, in fact, it turns out we're very busy. And so sometimes it is harder to read. Um, but we do get to look at galleys that are coming out soon. And so right now on my bedside table, Kabe Akbar's Martyr, I'm going through that and really enjoying it. Um, and I believe that's out in January, so really soon. Um, and he's like a wonderful poet and I knew him from that. Um, and now there's like this big, ambitious first novel um that still kind of has a poetic sensibility, so that's exciting. Um and then also I my main role with, with Riffraff has been coordinating the events and reaching out to writers and deciding who to ask have come and, and hosting them. Um and so it's been cool to be able to read a lot of books for that. Um and most recently I really loved um Joanne McNeil's wrong way. Um, which is kind of super Southern New Englandy. It takes place mostly in Stoughton, Massachusetts, but then like expands down into Providence. And it's like this combination of like gritty post-industrial New England, but then also a near future like apocalyptic tech circumstance. And those two things are kind of pressed upon each other in a way that feels really recognizable, but also terrifying. And it's just really smart. And, and the writing is really beautiful.
2: Uh, I have been reading um, several books. I try to just read one at a time, and I sometimes listen to a book as well. Um, I can kind of separate those in my mind, but I usually just read one at a time. I finished uh, The Land of Milk and Honey by C. Pam Zhang, which is um, really beautifully written, post-apocalyptic, but in a subtle way, um, sad, very sad. Um, and, um, I am currently reading a galley called Blue Ruin by Hari Kunzru who wrote, um, White Tears, uh, which is a pretty famous book and I am absolutely loving it so far. And that comes out in May. I know it's a little far away, but I had to mention it because I've been loving it. Uh, and a book I really, really liked recently was Melissa Broder's Death Valley. It was just a really fun read. And she's a great writer.
0: Death Valley, I saw it on a list somewhat recently. It's like, t- this is totally undescriptive. It's like got a desert on the cover, right? It has it's like a, it's a beautiful yeah. cover with a cactus on an eye above it. Okay. I think I saw that on several lists, actually. Yeah, it's a good one. Um As I've talked about many times on the show, um, I'm a huge graphic novel fan. I kind of got off of a graphic novel tear and had kind of a tear of like, I want to read prose for a little bit. I've seemed like I've kind of been putting, you know, just like regular novels and and prose to the side a little bit. But I recently got back to reading um, some more graphic novels, including one called Family Style. I don't want to mess up the author's name. It will be in the show notes. Um, but he is a Vietnamese refugee who came to America, um, with his parents. I really enjoyed it because it looked at the author's memories and the family's journey to America and journey to kind of becoming American through the eyes of food. Each chapter was, was a different dish. So a photo and a, and a, uh, and titled about a different dish. Um, And so I thought that that was a really interesting way to go through one's memories um, because I feel like there are a lot of very strong memories tied up with food. So um, I thought it was a really interesting way to look at it and to lay out kind of the timeline of his parents coming here, his parents struggling to adapt to American culture. Um, And then later him going on to get his citizenship and become become naturalized and and become an American citizen. So if you like or would relate to a refugee story, I think there's that there for people. But also if you are a person like me who really enjoyed Relish by Lucy Ninesley, there's kind of that kind of like memoir through food element there, too. So I feel like there's a lot of ways into it.
1: Cool. that sounds great
0: the land of milk and honey that I mentioned um, is
2: about a chef who goes to work for like a very rich place where the it's the only place in the world that has like clean air because um, the rest of the world is covered in this smog and so there's a lot of food in that as well um so it just kind of just it to, feels to, like to a, link
1: those two. It feels like a <laughs> moment in some way of people writing in sort of like narrative and beautiful and literary ways about food. Like I was thinking too of Brian Washington's latest novel is out now and it's called family meal. Um, and it's about a lot of, but it it's that same thing where he's just like, I, I just love him as a writer, but he's just so good at writing about food and food becomes entirely inseparable from writing about identity and love and all these things. Um, mm-hmm. it's really cool.
0: Definitely. Uh, Yeah, I I, I think a lot of different people separately are, are kind of having that thought at the same time, like you're, you're right in this moment of figuring out that food is such a good way to communicate memories, but also to connect people, people can really relate to it, even if you've never eaten that food before. Like, some of the dishes in the books, like, because it was a graphic novel, they're, they're depicted, you can see them. And so it's kind of like, oh, it kind of looks like this is like a, a crepe, but it's like a rice pancake instead of like a flour-based pancake. So it's also interesting how you, food kind of connects all different types of people because there's only so many types of foods. <laughs> so many cultures have, have put their own spin on, like, a type of food like dumplings or yeah kind of like a pancake crepe type yeah. food and things mm-hmm. like that.
2: There's just sorry one more book I have to mention about food <laughs> which I loved love love recently um is crying in Hmart um by Michelle Zauner.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I that's don't know the right right if that's uh, yeah. the right
2: uh, last name and my apologies, but it's a memoir um and it's all about Korean food and mother-daughter relationship it's so beautiful and also very sad
0: i just like sad books (laughs) as they said on doctor who one time sad is happy for smart people i think (laughs) which i don't know if i necessarily agree with but i i feel like there definitely is a brand of of people who kind of feel that way
1: Hmm. yeah i feel that way i
0: like that (laughs) (laughs) All right. So besides reading, have you all been watching anything interesting lately?
1: So the last thing that I loved was uh, Reservation Dogs. I just think that is like, I just really love it a lot. Um, Like as much as I've loved a TV show um, in a long time. It's about these uh, teenagers on a reservation in in Oklahoma and um, just sort of like just being teenagers and getting into what they're getting into and figuring themselves out but there's also this this sort of almost supernatural component in the last season. Yeah, mystical. Um it's just so good and funny and and like wonderful. Um and then also we just finished watching the last season of Great British Bake Off. Um which was also lovely and different.
2: Yeah, we uh we tend to have a range of things we're watching. We are not above a reality TV moment for sure. Um, Vanderpump rules remains up there as Mm -hmm. some of the best entertainment, I think, um, anything in that world. Um, and it's also nice just to escape at the end of the day with, with something like that. Um, but I agree reservation dogs is, is truly special. Um, I also love shows and movies that use non professional actors. I mean they are professional actors because they're on the show, but unknown actors, I guess. Um, I think that just adds so much magic to what you're watching because you've never seen them before and they just are exactly who they are. Um and it's it's really special. I love that show too.
0: Yeah, you don't have like any preconceived notions about that actor. Yeah. We've had people recommend Reservation Dogs several times over on this show. Um, and now it's making me regret that we're gonna drop Hulu. My boyfriend and I had a conversation that we were like, oh, we we don't really watch that much on Hulu anymore. We should just, you know, let it go.
1: Actually, maybe we should
0: well okay. The <laughs> other show we watched on Hulu
2: was The Golden Bachelor, and we're not bachelor people at all. But that show oh, yeah,
1: was that show is really beautiful. Truly
2: beautiful and like very unique. Um I've heard several people call it important, and I don't disagree. Um, it's very rare to see people of a certain age being romantic with each other, and that it, it was it was very emotional. And that's also on Hulu. So <laughs> there you
1: go. There you, you go. You, got, you can't got drop to it. Do, yeah.
0: <laughs> Would you say that there was like? I don't want to say less drama because obviously it's a TV show and there's always going to be drama and editing that makes things look more dramatic than they really were because that's how reality TV show is. But from the people I know in my life who are that age, like when you reach that age, you kind of reach a point where like you don't have many F's left to give. And you're kind Mm -hmm. of like above all of like the like, Juvenile drama kind of stuff so do do you did you see that reflected in the show? Yeah. There was a couple moments that
2: they tried to create. They really tried the producers and the editors tried to create these little moments of drama, but it barely worked, and <laughs> I was really glad that that wasn't a part of it um because it was i don't know kind of that was more part of a pleasure. Part of the pleasure of watching it, yeah. I, I, I'm not really interested in that kind of stuff anyway. So, um, yeah, they, they definitely tried with, like, creating drama, even in the editing room, but it didn't quite work.
1: There was just a sense of you you don't usually see people in reality television who seem to know who they are and be okay with who they are. Um, and almost everybody in the show seemed to have come to that point. And so there was, like, this tension of, like, the show is supposed to put them in positions in which they sort of lose it and doubt themselves. And you're like watching, you know, 70 years of like hard-earned life and self-possession fighting against reality TV producers. Yeah. And they ulti- <laughs> and they ultimately like their own self-possession won. Yeah. every Like regardless of what happened in the show, it was actually kind of amazing.
0: Yeah. That does sound, like you said, very different from reality TV as, as mm-hmm. a whole. And uh, yeah, and it's something to be said about the... yeah. Uh, well, you know, when you reach that point in your life, like you said, you have the life experience to have a really strong sense of self, and it's really hard for anyone to come in and tell you uh, anything different about yourself or others. I guess.
2: Absolutely. Another show we like is uh, Only Murders in the Building. That's a fun one. Oh yeah, that is a nice show. Um, that that shows entertaining. I don't know a whole range of stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry i just i was just tickled by the thought of two independent bookstore owners trying to like sell me on hulu
1: <laughs> we're working on a sort of <laughs> a, a brand collaboration we haven't rolled it out yet but this is all part
0: i of mean
2: hbo <laughs> or max or whatever is n- like no good anymore it's really not good and then netflix is just a mess of things well that's fair
0: <laughs> so i don't know it's funny you say that because my parents have been, they had Max for a while, but now that Max uh, like merged with like Discovery and Food Network and a lot of like those type of networks, my parents who recently just like decided they were going to drop extended cable, they just have like basic cable now, have been finding that they've been enjoying HBO Max and that that's the one that they go to the most uh, Cause like the discovery history channel stuff, my stepdad mm. loves like ancient aliens and oh, uh, I'm totally blanking on the other one. It's like something unknown or something. They like go and like investigate like anything that's kind of like unexplained. And I think Jessica Chobot is the host of it, which I knew her from doing like nerdy hosting online, like game and yes. nerd related news hosting online. Um, but now I guess she's doing that and you know, <laughs> running around the world tracking down mysterious happenstances. Huh. With with this guy with a beard whose name I don't know. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> there are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't even go to Max thinking of those things being on there. I just like look for the old HBO stuff and when I don't find it, I'm like, ah. And then I turn it off. (laughs) Um, So maybe I just need to change my attitude about it.
0: And we'll return to the show after a quick break. Do you enjoy knitting or crocheting? Cranston Public Library offers two groups that you can join to meet other crafters. Auburn's knit and crochet crafters meet Mondays from 2 to 4 p.m. The William Hall Library's Knit and Crochet Drop-In meets Wednesdays from 1230 to 2 p.m. You can also become a blanketeer and create blankets for children in need. For more information, visit cranstonlibrary.org events. Looking for something to do? Check out the Museum Pass program sponsored by the Friends of the Cranston Public Library. We offer library patrons discounted or free admission to local museums and attractions, including the New England Aquarium, the New Bedford Whaling Museum, the Providence Children's Museum, and more. See all we have to offer and reserve a pass at cranstonlibrary.org passes. Um, I want us to have enough time to talk about Riff Raff. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about Riff Raff Bookstore and Bar for anyone who has not been there before?
1: Yeah. Sure. Do you want to start?
0: Oh, uh, sure. Um, so Riff Raff has been
2: open in Olneyville in Providence since 2017. And Emma Ramadan and Tom Roberge opened it. And it's an independent bookstore and a small cocktail bar and cafe um the bookstore is on one side the bar is on the other but they're very much in conversation with each other uh, and then lucas and i just purchased it this year and we took over in october
1: beginning of october yeah, yeah.
2: october 1st so um we were friends with emma and tom and um we long time customers and friends of the store so we had a very good idea of the, um, the curation in there, the energy in there, and we wanted to take that and grow that, expand on it, and um, keep the space very much in the same line as it was, especially for the many customers who have been loyal for years. Um, and we didn't really see a reason to completely uproot it. Um, because it's a wonderful, wonderful place. Um, We have a really great book selection that is a very small bookstore, so we have to be very selective with what we bring in. Um, But we're also expanding on that and um, uh, bringing in some more, uh, I wouldn't say commercial titles, but the the big books that you want to read, that you're reading about, we're going to have those books as well as the tiny presses, the books in translation, um, the marginalized voices. Those are still going to be front and center as well.
1: The poetry section, which has always been, even when we're customers, there is the level to which poetry and literature and translation is paid attention to and foregrounded. And the fact that it's a place where um, it's, I, I always felt as a customer, it's rare to walk into a bookstore and um, like this is the, I'm, I'm looking at something that I am interested in that I would not have known about if I didn't come in here. Um, genre wise, international literature wise. Um, and we are not changing that. That is something that meant a lot to us as customers. And and we know it means a lot to our customers still.
2: And on the other side is this really, uh, great bar that has, um, a craft cocktail list and a natural wine selection, um, which I come from the wine world. Um, I was working in distribution before, um, taking over riffraff. So I'm very interested in expanding our wine, um, to all sorts of things, affordable, natural wines, wines by the bottle, wines by the glass, Um, And also uh, bringing in some food, some cheese boards and stuff like that, because it's a great place to have a drink. But sometimes you need a little nibble when you're doing that. Um, So we're going to have that. And there's excellent coffee. We have just started carrying pastries from uh, a really great bakery just down the street from us called Whisk Me Away. Um, They just recently opened their brick and mortar. They've been doing catering stuff for a while and it's delicious. Morgan, the owner, is very talented. We're just growing and expanding without changing so much.
1: Yeah. And it's a place, and again, this is, you know, a sense that we had as as folks who lived nearby and were longtime customers. It can mean a lot of things to different people and even to one person, right? Like I'm, you know, my background is I'm I'm a writer and an English professor, and it's a place where I have gone in the day to write and drink coffee and hang out and see folks that I know while everybody's doing their work. And then in the evening, it's a place where I've read my work and I've been in conversation with other writers or I've gone to see events um, with like really sort of renowned folks that are coming through town and and, and read at Riff Raff. Or it's just a place to go and browse books, right? Um, We spent a lot of the pandemic bringing our daughter who was a toddler then, um, to sort of in the beautiful courtyard area, to, they had books outside and to sort of look for kids' books and to see folks. Um, and so for us coming in, right, A, it, it's sort of all of our interests, literally, all of our personal and professional interests, um, but then also the idea that it's this space that can just sort of, if you have an idea, if there's something that, that you want to do um, and sort of find a, a creative and intellectual and, and nice community for that, Riff Raff is sort of able to incorporate that and i think that's something that we've really been leaning into and are going to continue leaning into.
2: i think any time there's a change in a business um there's a buzz around that. um so we've been trying to just really like hold on to that. And i don't mean buzz like people are talking about it. like i really mean like it's buzzing inside of the store and and the bar and the energy is 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 really positive and we just want to kind of grab hold of that and and hold on to it. Um, Lucas has been organizing all these amazing author readings and events and also heading our um, other programming like amazing open mic nights. Uh, We host a literary trivia night, which we write all of the questions ourselves. <laughs> um, I'm not going to take too much credit for that. It's mostly Lucas. It's a combination. Um, it's a combination. But it's, it's so fun, and it's just the right amount of challenging. Um, and that's every month, An open mic is every month. Um, we just yesterday actually had a winter maker's market where we had artists and artisans sell their stuff, and it was just, it was just beautiful. And
1: many of whom work.
2: Yes. Staff. Many of whom are. And also
1: are insanely talented <laughs> artisans.
2: Yeah. So it's definitely been a learning experience, but also just so positive. Um, we We've learned a lot in the past couple of months and just kind of feel like we've already have our feet on the ground and just going to continue on.
0: What would you say is the most surprising aspect of owning and running a bookstore that you didn't realize going in?
2: Ooh. Well, something that's been the biggest learning curve for me is um, I always knew you had to order the books for them to be in the store. Um, but actually doing that day to day and inventory management and foresight has been um challenging in that I really have to think about it. It's not just clicking a button and ordering a book. Um, also because it's such a small selection. So that, that part has been, I guess, surprising because it takes up so much of my energy, um, my mental energy. Um, and the other surprising part is just how many people, I guess it's not surprising, but just how many regulars, Um, I see almost every day there who are just continuing to support and it's just beautiful. So yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of surprising stuff, but you go ahead.
1: I I mean, on a personal level, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a college professor. I haven't worked an honest day in a long time. Um, um, (laughs) You know, and, and my, you know, Atavia is much more responsible for actually running the store and, and, and I'm organizing these events and then the events have, we've had a lot of events and they've been really well attended. And and so I've sort of seen that experience more from not just setting up the events, but to also like being there and helping out behind the bar and, and, and bartending some shifts and, and sort of that kind of much more actually getting to be there doing the work, meeting folks, um, and, and sort of helping folks at the events, um, that part has i guess been surprising because for some reason I didn't know how much of it I would be doing and also has maybe been the most gratifying part um to 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 be on that side of a reading to be on the side of a reading where I'm not worried about what I'm gonna do I'm not the reader at all I am uh, the person who's trying to get as many people there to appreciate this person and to to sort of help folks have a nice time um it just feels good every time <laughs> um and maybe that wasn't a surprise to me but it's but it's it's the degree to which it 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 feels um, sort of invigorating, has been has been nice. And I would also say, like, the open mics, the the events in general, the way people have come out for them are great, but the the amount of excitement around just the two open mics that we've had, um, and we co-hosted the last one with Lit Arts RI, and, and we're going to be doing that again with them moving forward, and they're wonderful. the The degree of talent of folks reading their work and also just, like, the degree of support and the degree of appetite in, I mean, Providence kind of, I think, is always surprising in this way that you're just like, there are so many interesting and talented people here who are going to show up and do interesting and talented things and support each other. Um, and and to just open Riff up to that, whether it's for a maker's market, whether it's for an open mic and just sort of see people come out and do this really cool stuff um, is, is great.
2: I also think that something that was really important to Tom, the previous owner, when he was selling the business is to find people who would actually be there and care. Because I feel, I feel like a lot of times when a business gets sold, it gets taken over by people who don't have the same passion um, as the people who opened it, which is normal. But you know, they're going to maybe run it from afar, or just have a team in there, manage and do their own thing. Um, but that was, um, not our intention at all from the get go. And, um, I think that's part of why, um, the support has continued is cause people come in and see, see us there. And, um, we really do care a lot. Um, I mean, this is this is what we're going to be doing for for the long haul. And our our daughter, who is five, gets to kind of grow up in this place. And it's been um, pretty magical. So just very grateful.
0: So um, you already talked about some of the past events that you've had that sound amazing. Are there any upcoming events that you are really excited about that you'd like our listeners to know about?
1: Oh man. Yeah. Um, we, we, are kind of packed full going into the spring already. Um, so the literary trivia, as long as we can continue, um, coming up with questions and please feel free to email riffraff with any questions or rounds, anybody (laughs) listening, we need the help. Uh, that's, that's every second Wednesday of the month. Um, and, and then on January 5th is our, our next open mic. And then that'll be monthly as well on Fridays, one Friday a month. Um, and then we have a lot of cool readings coming up in January and, and, um, I'm trying to think of depending on when this airs,
0: uh, this will air, I think the 16th. So mid January.
1: (laughs) All right. So then if it's airing the 16th tomorrow, from when you hear this on the 17th, Um, There's a poetry reading with Chelsea Woodard and Emily Patinas. And Emily is a wonderful local poet who who teaches at at Providence College. And on the 19th, a really cool debut novel from a writer named Aubrey Lescure, who I think is in the process of is going to really, really blow up, um, called River East, River West. She's going to be reading... um, Matilda Bernstein-Sycamore, who's a writer that I love, who has a sort of of memoir-slash-work-of-arts criticism called Touching the Art. Um, She'll be with us on the 26th. Gregory Pardlow, Pulitzer-winning poet, will be with us on February 3rd. There's just a lot of things. I'm not going to bore everybody by saying them over and over and over again. Um, But I will say that there are a lot, and they're really exciting, and that if you follow us on Instagram at riffraffpvd, or if you sign up for our newsletter, um, you will get to hear about them.
2: And uh, all the events that Lucas just mentioned are on the website uh, And uh, if you just hit on the events tab, it'll take you to that schedule. Um, so yeah, put it in your put it in your calendar, put it in your phone. Um, it's a very good chance that if you show up around seven o'clock at riffraff, there will be. Uh, an author reading or an event and uh, you can still have a drink and hang out and they usually last about an hour and it's truly interesting and it's t- something different to do with your evening
1: something that's been cool too because unlike most bookstores you know we have the readings in the bar yeah. as the bar is going um and then the q a afterwards or folks want to talk to the author it's not like you're sort of waiting in line it's like everybody's just sort of hanging out and, and drinking um and so you'll have these events where folks will either be sitting there on their laptop drinking a latte, doing work. And then they'll look up and I'm like, Oh, an event's happening. And they may pop their headphones down and listen. And, or somebody will walk in and be like, oh, I wasn't expecting this, but then sit at the bar, have a cocktail the way they would have normally. And then them and their friend get to listen to somebody read for half an hour and then continue hanging out. There's like this sort of natural, mm-hmm. um, Flow. Uh, yeah. In, in and out around it that, that isn't just sort of like, there is this back room where this thing is happening, but it just kind of becomes a part of it.
0: All right. Very cool. And I love that you have a newsletter because I've been trying to use social media less. So I love when people have a newsletter (laughs) because I can just have it sent to my inbox. Yeah,
2: totally. That's good for you. I I have been having to be a social media, I don't know, hound
1: manager, manager. social media manager, (laughs) one of your many roles. (laughs)
2: Um, But yeah, I agree that using it less is definitely uh, good for your brain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, And we will include links and your email if we can fit it in the show notes so people can find everywhere to get in touch with you both. Great. So we end the show with a segment I call The Last Chapter where we talk about a library or bookish-related question. And so I thought I would ask you both if you could rewrite a book from another character's point of view, what book would it be and what character
1: would you choose? Oh, wow. Oh,
0: my gosh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh...
1: Oh man, I was thinking of this randomly the other day. It's not in my, and now it's not in my head. Um, Were you thinking of this? Yeah, I don't know why. It was a total non sequitur. It was just I'm like, like looking. Around.
2: I'm just manically looking at our bookshelves. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh oh ooh. So I recently read the book of Goose. Oh gosh, what's the author's name? Lee you and Lee? Yes, and um, it's about these two young girls in, uh, rural France that they, they write stories together and it's, it's from one of their points of view. And it would be really cool to have it from the other one who you never really get to see inside her head, even though she's a huge part of the story. Um, so that would be a good one. That would be a fun one.
1: That's cool. Um, this is a really, really random one. Um, but, uh, a, a book that we both love, uh, called night bitch by Rachel Yoder. Oh. Um, uh, and it's, it's this sort of amazing novel. It's, uh, about motherhood, but also involves, um, her kind of turning into a dog spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I've been writing about parenthood a lot. And so reading a lot about parenthood, um, and it's interesting to think about the most sort of visceral parenting work. And then there is always a child in that, work that is there being sort of written about tangentially to the parent. And this seems like it would be incredibly hard to do, but to just see from the eyes of a three or four year old trying to interpret the sort of radical changes in a parent, I think would be super exciting, really in any book, um, but particularly in that one.
0: Mm. That just made me think about, and I don't know if it was necessarily what you were getting at, but a lot of times now with people who are, you know, in the public eye because they do things on YouTube or they podcast or whatever. Like, it made me think of um, how Judge John Hodgman always, when he talks about his wife, says, my wife is a whole human being in her own right. Because it's like his (laughs) wife is tangentially connected to the podcast because he tells stories that involve his wife. Right. But, like, he has to say that because he feels like he does not want to make his wife, like, a side character in his, like, public life. Right, so he continually acknowledges like who has a whole life and is a whole three dimensional person, even though all you listeners really only hear about her tangentially as this like two dimensional character in my life. um I think it's the same way if people have kids and are in the public eye, they have to thread the needle of, like how much of their kid do they want to put out there
1: because of just right. the way the world is, right. And then, and then a child's narrative of themselves is... Yeah. Everybody else is a side character <laughs> to them. Right? It's like the, the heart of childhood. Oh, um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: They are the center of the world. Yeah. yeah. This is actually... I'm just going to really quickly shout out. Lucas has a nonfiction book of essays coming out um, in the spring called Attachments on Fatherhood and Other Performances. Uh, that's the right title, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so, but for some <laughs> reason... it sounded funny when i said it out loud not funny
1: like <laughs> no 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 <laughs> um
2: anyway it's a it's a book about um fatherhood and parenthood and also looking at other things um he's going to be embarrassed if i talk more about it but it's 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 beautiful and um it's so hilarious and that's going to be out in the spring it's really exciting enough to say that
1: that's very nice of you
0: of course <laughs> all right we'll look out for that and uh if you want us to, there's like a pre-order link or something that already exists, we're happy to put that in the show notes
1: oh, too. Thanks.
2: I don't think
0: there's one um, yet,
2: but there will okay. I'll definitely, soon, soon. I'll definitely yeah. put it on the Riff Raff website for sure. Oh, no.
1: Okay. You can, well, we, can, we can talk about that. That's a, <laughs> we'll that's <see>. a
0: separate. <laughs> um, I mean, after all this deep stuff about like thinking about parenthood okay. and, and all of that, my answer is going to sound not deep at all, but um, I'm going to go with my like current kind of favorite book cuz it's as you both know it's so hard to pick favorites but the current book that i am anxiously awaiting the sequel to which is uh Fourth Wing the mm. sequel being Iron Flame um and so that being a a romance novel i feel like as other authors have done it's rich for a kind of flipped <laughs> perspective for the from the the male love interests uh perspective but i think i think this author would do it particularly well that the like last chapter of the book was from his perspective because the main character was like unconscious um and even just that i was like oh boy you got it bad mm-hmm. <laughs> like you you were playing this like cool guy not gonna fall for you gonna be mortal enemies thing <laughs> but like damn boy you mm-hmm. you got it bad Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, so I would love to have seen that develop, and I think the author probably could do a really good job with it based on just that chapter we got with his voice in it. But I, I really would like to see like that kind of <laughs> the moment where he was like, "Oh no, I caught feelings. <laughs> I caught feelings for the woman who's supposed to be my mortal enemy.
2: Oh no." I feel like she probably will write that. She probably will. <laughs> oh wait, this
1: is totally not really but i similarly. i just wanted to shout out another book that made me think of it and, and Sandra Newman the novelist read with us which we are very grateful for but um she has a book out th- this fall that came out called Julia and it is a retelling of 1984 through uh Julia his wife's perspective right so it's ah. like taking taking this thing that like already exists as doing one thing in everybody's mind that is sort of canon in its own way um and flipping it and that is sort of a genre um i think is always really Kind of feeling and and cool to like wait you know, eighty years or whatever it's been, then just be like, yeah, uh, it was really cool. Yeah,
0: and also just the genre of like, let's take this, let's take this classic that's like Mm -hmm. embedded in this very like traditional white male canon, Mm -hmm. and let's like flip it. Like I love when it's like, let's flip it and make it woman centered. Let's flip it and make it queer. Like I'm
1: I'm on board for that all the time. And yeah. it functions as both, like it's both like a critique and a way to think of it new, but it, it also doesn't like it continues to make the original thing have value in a conversation that extends out from it. You know what I mean? Like, it, like mm. it's sort of like all yeah. additive and interesting, even in its critique, which I think is, is really cool.
0: That does sound really cool. All right. Um, you already shouted out everywhere that people can find riffraff, And like <laughs> I said, we will, we will put that in the show notes. So I think we have covered everything. So thank you both. For joining me. Thank
2: you.
0: And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you would like to answer our last chapter question or I guess come up with literary trivia questions, uh, I'll forward them <laughs> to the RiffRaff folks. Uh, you can email us at downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. Um, you can also reach out to us via social media with the hashtag downtimecpl. If you're feeling generous, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it helps people find the show. Thank you again for listening. And this has been another episode of Downtime. Downtime is a project of the Cranston Public Library and is produced by Elena Rios, Robin Nizio, and me, Taylor Cardillo. Audio engineering by Dave Bartos. Our theme music is Day Trips by Ketza. And our ad music is Happy Ukulele by Scott Holmes. Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. Remember to rate and review Downtime on Apple Podcasts. Connect with the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the hashtag DowntimeCPL. And if there's something you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent those of the Cranston Public Library. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The Cranston Public Library name, in all forms and abbreviation, are the property of its owners and its use does not imply endorsement or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. The content of this episode is the property of the Cranston Public Library and may not be reproduced without express written permission. Join us next week for more Downtime. I think Dave said the 6th. Uh, Oops, so, sorry, I was looking at 16, the wrong 16, day. 16. Oh, the 16th. Yeah, I was looking at May, but it still managed to be the 16th, even though I was looking <laughs> at the wrong month. <laughs>